welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined, as I am every week, by Mr. Shane Reeves. It's becoming a competition for me, as I see you reaching for the record button to say something that might ruin your intro. You got close this time. Nothing gives me more joy than when you let out a long 13-letter expletive and have to hit stop and start over. <laughs> so Which be- I haven't had to do in a long time. It, it's becoming a contest for me. I really okay. feel like I'm kind of I'm lacking on my job. <laughs> but let's light our cigars, and then I've got all kinds of stuff to talk about. All Big right. day. Lots of news. Why don't you tell me about that one? I don't expect to like this cigar. It's a Connecticut <laughs> and very, very light. Well, this is the Henry Clay Warhawk. So it's Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, binder and filler, Connecticut and Honduras, and the country of origins, Honduras. I have this cigar because Larry at Casa Monte Cristo highly recommended it. And I said, but I, don't, I didn't care for the original Henry Clay. He said, I didn't either, but I like the Warhawk. Trust me, try it. So, Larry, your reputation is on the line. <laughs> and the good, so there's two sides to this. On one hand, not expecting to like a cigar, that takes a little pressure off the cigar. It does. You know, it's not like one that you've been looking forward to for months and months and months. Right. So, it takes a little pressure off the cigar. But then, are you approaching it with a negative attitude? Is that, I mean, which, yeah. which way does, does it, it work? Does it become a self fulfilling prophecy if it's not good? Right. It's tough. It's a it's a difficult line to flirt with. Well, and people say, oh, I, I go into every cigar without with no preconceived notions. But it's impossible. Yeah, that's Bologna. not possible. You, if you had a fight with the old lady on the way here, it's going to change your view of your cigar. Right. You know, that's just part of it. Speaking of preconceived notions, I've got a cigar that I'm very excited about. But I am kind of going into this with kind of... No expectations, because it's this year's Los Calaveras. Now, anybody who has smoked this cigar since it came out for the first time in 2014 knows that it's different year to year. And some people love it year to year and hate it the next, and, and you know, it, it, it runs the gamut. So this is the 2019 Los Calaveras. This is the LC54, the 54 ring gauge Toro. It's it's got it's done something really interesting. Now I've 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 said on the show many times before when it comes to the Los Calaveras, my opinion tends to be opposite that of the general public. On the years where everyone rants and raves about how good it is, I tend to not care for it. On the dog years, by all accounts, those are the ones that I tend to prefer. Well, the 2014 was a perfect example of that. The first year they came out. I wasn't a huge fan. Everybody went nuts over this cigar, and I wasn't a huge fan. Well, this year is the first time since that year that they have put a Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper on the outside. So while I'm excited because it's the new Los Calaveras, I also don't have a whole lot of expectations based on the fact that it's the closest one to this I wasn't a huge fan of. So... Let's see. Well, let's see how it goes. Well, let me tell you. You know how you you try not to give me your opinion of a cigar before I've smoked it. Right. I'm not that nice. It's a three, and it's a three by the barest of margins possible. It's not a three point one or a three point two. 
it's barely better than not smoking. It, it's a 2.98? Well, the only reason it's not a 2 is that it's not bad. It's not bad. It's just not good. It came, for me, now this is my opinion. Right. I'd be interested to see what your opinion. It does have a very nostalgic flavor to it on the cold draw. That tastes like a humidor from 2001. Well, it really, for me, it came in with a whimper and left of a whine. It never come alive. It never did anything for me. It was just, um, I would compare it to the Drew Estate Factory smoke. So if that gives you any indication of, and you know me, I'm, I'm very fair. I'm not, I'm not trying to just bash on crowned heads. And all. I, would I love wish the to. listeners could have seen the face I made when you <laughs> compared it to the factory smoke. I, I, would love to, I would love to like everything Crownhead does because I like their company. But that cigar's a three. I mean, I'll be interested to see at the end of the show what you pronounce judgment on it as. What, did, what was the kind of description of a three? The, a three is better than not smoking, but just barely. Okay. Not, nothing, a three is nothing offensive, but nothing good. That's really a three. So that's well, that was my feelings on it, but I'll be. Interested. I do like the draw and the amount of smoke it comes off of it. Yeah. On, on the first little, I'm, I'm, I see what you're talking about. Well, now it hasn't had a chance to warm up or anything like that, and and hopefully, it, but the 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 flavor off the front of it, not not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I, when I lit it, you know, you get a little of that Honduran sweetness, you know, just a taste or a waft of that. But it didn't never develop for me. I kept expecting it, okay, this is going to, eventually the tobacco is going to unlock and I'm going to get something. And I smoked an entire one yesterday and got nothing. It's almost got a little bit of that astringent kind of flavor to it. It's interesting. I'll be, I'll be interested by the end of the show, by the time you've smoked yeah. it, to really see. So let's talk about something. Well, first, my first impression of the Warhawk. I like it. Mm. I like it a lot. It's got a good classic cigar taste. It'll never be a daily smoke for me. But it does have a really good classic feel cigar taste to it. So I can get I can get down with that. Interesting. And uh, you so know, maybe Larry is safe. Yeah, you know, well Larry usually steers me pretty good. Yeah. You know, I can't complain about I can't complain about anybody up there. No, me neither. But he and he usually steers me pretty good, but this was this was a big gamble. And, I'll, and, of course, it's not in the size that I typically smoke. You know, I'm smoking a 4 by 58 which is not a size I'll generally smoke of a cigar. Right. So it'll be in But all they have, the size above this is a Toro. And it's thinner but a little longer, so I went with the little stockier cigar. So Tampa Daily News, Fox, Fox 13 out of Tampa. Tampa Cigar Company makes the first all-American cigar. I can't imagine this is going to be any good. I don't know, because, okay, at J.C. Newman Company in Tampa, so it's J.C. Newman, which okay. is, is producing, you know, they produce a brick house. They produce mm-hmm. some good smoke. And uh, they are making the first all-American cigar, and they're making it from Jeff Borowitz's farm down there that the Florida Sun Grown mm-hmm. is made from. They're making it out of his tobacco, which he must have expanded that farm. To be able to produce something like this. Yeah, you know, they're producing them at about 200 cigars a day, which is not a lot of production. No, that's not. I mean, that's... Ten boxes a day is not much. And they're only sold in two pl- two places. They're sold in Corona. the Davidoff and at Corona. And all. They're going to be 16 to $19. 
No, it says the new American cigar costs 16 to $19 a box. I know that ain't right. You know what, though? We've talked on this show before about how the labor cost and cost of production is part of what is keeping there from being a American-only cigar. But 16 to 19 bucks, not not as high as I would expect. No, not the not the worst of anything. You know, still not a daily smoke category. Still no. a special smoke, and uh, it's hard for me to drop a twenty on a J.C. Newman product. I'm just going to tell you, it's hard for well, me to drop one, when, especially when it's not the Julius Caesar or the D.C. Maximus. Yeah, it's, it's going. But I'm happy to see it. I'm happy to see an all American made cigar. Yeah, that I am they're too. investing back in it. You know, this, and I'm interested to see. As Borowitz's farm keeps becoming more and more profitable, I'm wondering if we're going to see more pop up in that area, if we're going to see more more tobacco, cigar tobacco. I'd love to see it come back to this area. I mean, Tennessee and North Carolina used to be huge tobacco producers and yeah. still are to some extent, but nowhere near what it used well, to be. Well, they, they don't pr- produce premium tobacco anymore. Right. They produce cigarette tobacco. Right. And I'll, but so. I will be, I would be interested to get my hands on one of those just because I'd like to, I mean... Yeah, it's hard to drop a twenty on a uh, on a J.C. Newman product, but to smoke an all-American cigar at least once, because I'm wondering, it's got to be in the mild category. I don't. Well, we don't have the intense sun, and we don't have the climate to produce real. In Claremont, Florida, you probably do. I don't. I still think you're a little low. Think you still think you're a little, a little think, above the equator. I think you've got a little too, too much seasonality in the climate. That's true, but we'll find out. Yeah, we will. And I'll definitely pick one up next time I go to Orlando for anything. Okay. Define the term raunchy for me. R a u n c h y raunchy. Oh. It's it's equal parts tacky and dirty. Dirty meaning lewd. So this is interesting. So the busybodies for a boring America, they have decided this was from this is from the prweek.com. Have no idea where PR Week is from. But raunchy posts that promote cigar sales do not violate Instagram rules. Now I'm gonna wheel this around to So this you. is a scantily clad or a pinup style woman. Yeah. I don't see anything raunchy about these these particular while, images. While I don't either, I could, I could understand why someone may choose that word. Uh, uh, to me, raunchy is a derogatory term. It very much is. And I don't think this is. I don't think they. I don't think they've chosen the right word for this article. Now, let's not get co- so concerned with the word they right. chose. That not, you know. not being about semantics. I, you know, this is, this is one of those areas for me that's a little tough. Uh, I'm. I don't necessarily need to see a scantily clad woman holding the cigar for me to want to buy it. You know, I, that type of marketing and that objectification doesn't do anything for me in terms of uh, getting me to spend my dollar. So, but those ads, therefore, aren't directed at me. So whether or not they work isn't really... Well, so... This is what it is, is the busybodies for boring America. The ang- this is the angle they took. They said, okay, we don't want tobacco advertised on social media. And all because, you know, you can't advertise tobacco in so many places anyway. Right. Well, 
So the because angle, kids are on social media, right? So the angle they took is, oh, these are you know somehow dirty ads, and Instagram made a ruling, no, these do not, and that this is user generated content. This is not somebody paying Instagram to advertise their cigar using a scantily clad woman, right? So they're right, but here's my question: Don't you have something better to do? I think the answer <laughs> is no. What is wrong with people? Why don't they just have something better to... I mean, we're burning calories here. Yeah. Uh, if people... You know, my next story is going to be exactly this. I wanna, I'm going to bring this next story. is going to be exactly the point I'm about to make. If people did not want to see scandally clad women holding cigars or cigars in general or know what cigars are coming out, nobody would look at those posts and they'd quit making them. Right. So why should you? Why should it be anything other than the market economy dictate? I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, we and we talk about that with so many things on the show. I mean, let the buyer decide with their money. But yeah, those are getting likes and shares and comments, and it's so it's it's reaching the audience they're trying to reach. I mean, and the thing is, if you're so worried about your son seeing one of the, because that's what it is, right? It's they're worried about their son getting turned on while he's while he's scrolling through Instagram. If you're so worried about that, then why why let him follow accounts like that anyway? Well, not only that, why don't you instead of instead of trying to shelter little Junior from the ravages of the world, why don't you sit down and have a talk with him about how a man performs, about how life is, and how yeah. the world works, why don't you, and how to behave properly instead of expecting the world to kowtow to your little offspring. Yeah, how about how about instead of your little spawn running around scared to death that somebody's going to offend him and turning him into a nagum snowflake, you just set him down and say, "Hey, guess what? There's stuff out here in this world that you ain't going to want to see that you're going to have to see." And there's stuff out this world that you're going to see that's going to give you confusion. And when that's my job as the parent is to help you clarify that. Yeah, help steer you through it. Right, to lead you to that. And also, but anyway, that just, so, but that's, that's what leads me to this article. But it just, I, to me, when I see ads like that, it seems lazy. It seems like we couldn't come up with a clever advertising campaign, so let's just do something like this and, and go for... I don't know. It just feels lazy and uncreative to me. They've been advertising cars and cigarettes and booze and you name it in that style since advertising began. Oh, I'm I'm sure, you know, Joe's used Raptors used a cave woman and, you know, scantily yeah. clad cave woman in his ads. Yeah. And and they unfortunately they do that because it works. Like I said, it's not I, I don't agree with it personally, but yeah. the thing is I just to me it looks it, it seems lazy. Well, and here's the thing. Don't walk through life looking for people to looking for a reason to be offended people. You know, I I posted this weekend I was playing Mario Super Mario Brothers and I posted on my Facebook page Mario Brothers is an analogy of life. Don't be so concerned gathering coins and stomping your enemies that you forget to rescue the princess. Princess. And a lady said to me, so you think all women are princesses? I said, no more than I think all men are parkour plumbers. <laughs> Don't look for a reason to be stupid. Yeah. Believe me, you're going to accidentally be stupid enough in life. Don't give it no help. Yeah. The, the gestalt of that whole thing is don't let short-sighted roadblocks deter you from your ultimate goals. Right. And anybody that's played the game for any length of time knows you can die more often trying to get one coin 
then you then you would just to pass the coin and move on with life. Right. And all. So anyway. But sorry, well, I didn't know we were getting into Super Mario philosophy tonight. <laughs> but um but so my next article is from the Knox News, Knoxville Daily News. Um here in Tennessee, Knoxville, just down the road from us. Um speaking of Mario Brothers. Yeah. Merchants of Beer is undergoing major changes this summer. They're taking out their indoor smoking area, and they're changing their humidor into a game room. And then they're putting a big patio out back that if you want to smoke cigars, you can smoke cigars on the patio. I would like to say, as a cigar guy, I'm glad for it. I do not, I do not see a thing wrong with these men are trying to, men and women are trying to run a business. And the, you know, they, the reason in the article, and I'm just summarizing the article because I don't want to read the whole thing, is, okay, if you have cigars in there, everybody that goes in there has to be 21. Well, we're having to turn away a lot of traffic because they have somebody with them that doesn't happen to be 21. Especially in a college town, that's very, very common. Very common. So they're responding to the market, and I'm all for it. I just think that's perfectly okay. I'm not going to say, oh, we're losing a humidor in Knoxville. It don't matter. Right. The market will dictate. Right. And this is exactly what we've talked about with smoking bans and things like that. You know, if you don't need to legislate something that the free market will dictate. And this is a perfect example of that. They found a a way to make everyone happy from their clientele's perspective and increase their bottom line. Yeah, they, they seen a problem. They said, okay, we can't have people under 21 coming in here without, you know, with the cigar smoking going on. Let's move the cigar smokers out on the patio. And the ones that don't like it will go to a different humidor. That's part of life. But our net gain is going to be more. Right. And uh, Okay. Public service announcement time. And on uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Police in Memphis say a man stole his date's car and drove it to a date with another woman. All right, I'm going to talk to all the ladies out there. Um, Kelton Griffith went to her house, went to this lady's house to take her on a date. They stopped at a gas station, and he asked the woman to get him some cigars. And when she came (laughs) out, he had gone with her Volvo and was at the drive-in of another woman. Ladies, this is a red flag. When he asks you to go buy cigars at the gas station... Dump him immediately. Kick him out of the car. That's the kind of people that smoke gas station cigars. Right. I'm just telling you, ladies, this is my public <laughs> service announcement for the day. There's there's indicators. And well, we- not only that, but saying, go get them for me. I mean, obviously, he was working an angle to, to be alone with the car. But have you ever said, hey, go pick me something out? No, I want to pick it out myself. Well, and my wife is extremely wonderful and she's knowledgeable on cigars well she's not good at it paying attention anytime i ask her to get me anything there's a 50 50 chance i'll actually get what i ask for that's just part of life so yes i can't imagine saying go get me some cigars right you know so your so your grocery lists at your house are very detailed on aisle four second shelf from (laughs) the bottom no no, I just go with her, or I don't complain about what she brings home. Yeah, that's fair. 20 years of marriage has taught me either go with her, or you get what you deserve. Because no matter how detailed the list, I guarantee you, I cannot execute her list, and she cannot execute mine. It's just part of life. 
and all. And cigars is much the same way. But I'm just I'm just wanted to hit this article. It's a brief little quick article. I just wanted to hit it. This is what happens when you date men that smoke gas station cigars. <laughs> you get your car stolen. You get your start your car stolen. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. We're kind of working on an abbreviated schedule, and I got some longer stuff for the second half of the show. All right. So let's knock off a little early, catch a cigar under eight, and then when we come back, I have a graphic on how to properly roll your own cigars. Well, we will be back with that and more after this. Shane here with this week's Cigar Under 8. This week, I want to talk about a cigar that my wife has recently fell in love with. It's the Tatuaje Tattoo. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Tatuaje Siri P on right. the show. And this is the follow-up to that. Right. This is the more, I guess, is this the more premium version? or it is, is this? It's regular production. And uh, basically, with the Siri P, there was limited quantities. So this is their attempt to get a budget-friendly cigar in the hands of their fans that they can do on a mass level. Well, the wrapper is an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. The binder's Nicaraguan. The filler's Nicaraguan. And this is probably cigar around six. Yeah, it's it's in the five to six dollar range, depending on where you're looking at it. They don't come in big sizes. This is, but this is a perfect utility smoke. It is. If you know you're only going to have thirty minutes to have a cigar, this is a good inexpensive cigar to have in your in your wheelhouse. Keep one in the humidor just in case. Yeah, the Toro is a five and a half by fifty eight. They also make they also make needles, which I like. It comes in a five pack at four and a half by thirty eight as a petite Corona. It's a great little you know running around town cigar. Yeah. So until next week, try the Tatuaje Tattoo. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from the man with mold in his soul, Mr. Trey Dedman. <laughs> That's a little too true. You're hitting close to home tonight. Uh, you know, I think this week is the first time in a long time that we've ever taken a break in the show, and then the content of our break not on mic was as good as anything that we've said to this point. <laughs> Yeah, we probably already hit the record button just accidentally, just in case we want to try to drop it into the show later. We really should. I know, but I wasn't going to tell anybody that, because now the listeners feel like they're missing something. We were discussing brand loyalty. You know, if, if it's not an Otis elevator, I take the stairs. I have a lot of brand loyalty in my life, and that contributes to my difficulty shopping. I, I, find, that, I find that really surprising about you, to, just to keep the subject going, apparently. I would think that someone who spend so much time talking about how the little things don't matter and how to just... I, brand loyalty is one of those things that I associate with people who make mountains out of molehills, not molehills out of mountains. Well, you can be brand loyal because you know what's the best. And that's one thing, you know, I've always said, the reason a, a bottle of whiskey at my house has a life expectancy of at least a decade. Right. You know, assuming, of course, depending on who comes to drink it with me. Right. But generally, just left to my own devices, a bottle of whiskey is about a 10-year investment for me. And I'll, but I only, and so I'll buy a $150 or a $200 bottle of whiskey. Because amateurized out, that's just fine. Mm-hmm. You know, over the number of drinks I'm going to take over the course of 10 years, that's probably just fine. Yeah, the guy who smokes three cigars a year can smoke nothing but Patron 26s. That's right. He can smoke the very best. Right. So, but... 
coming back to the cigar cast since you've wrangled us back there. Um, so Florida Tobacco Shop released an infographic on how to roll your own cigar. Actually, instead of talking about shopping at the break, I should have had you review this. You so should that have. We could have. So that we could have done this. But how to properly roll the cigar. So they're encouraging people to roll their own tobacco cigars. Well, there's actually a guy in one of the Facebook groups that I'm a part of that has started rolling his own cigars. Now, uh, does he grow and cure his own tobacco? No, I think, he, I think he buys his tobacco. Well, you know, I went on a road trip with one of our buddies here at the cigar shop this weekend and had a great time, and that's something he talked about is you can order a pound of Sumatra tobacco fairly inexpensively or a pound of, you know, Lajero or Secunda or any of those things. You can actually order the components of the cigar and assemble it yourself fairly inexpensively. But the margin for error and the skill required is, is pretty significant. I do like how on the materials you'll need box, it shows a, a pack of cigarettes, but it's filled with cigars instead of cigarettes. <laughs> well, and I like that the rolling pin. Yeah. <laughs> that they want you to smooth out the binder leaf of a rolling pin. And it's really interesting little graphic. It's on the FloridaTobaccoShop.com website. Um, I'm going to hit the quick steps because I think this is a drastic oversimplification. I think so, too. Step one, separate leaves. How, okay. do you, how do you separate the leaves, you say? Separate your dried leaves. That's all the instruction you got. Step two, moisten the leaves. Make sure all your leaves are moist but not wet. Use a spray bottle for desired moisture. How do I know what the desired moisture is? I mean, moisture is a huge scale. Right. Well, in terms of separate, I, I wonder if this is for kind of intended or, or, or uh, directed at someone who has a basic understanding of cigars to begin with. I consider myself having a, a really, even a, I would say, intermediate cigar knowledge. Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine. I, the stuff on here, there's no way. Like, separate your dried leaves. Separate them into what? Do you separate them by color? Do you separate them by class? Or do you just make sure you got, you know, your leaves set in crossways so you don't double roll the leaf? But then it says remove stems and shred tobacco leaves. So we're not making long filler cigars. Right. That You know, that's... And if I'm not going to make a long filler cigar, why am I going to make a cigar? Right. Prep the binder leaf. Spread out the binder leaf and um, trim the edges. Smooth surface. That's all they got. Okay. Seal the leaf. Okay, how do you seal a leaf? Uh, well, if you're in Canada, you do it with a big wooden club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bind your leaf with a sealing agent such as cigar glue. Okay, so here's what it's basically saying to it. Basically... It's a glycogen or a uh, glycerin-based... So basically, we're we're roll. I've never rolled a joint, but I assume this would be the process for rolling a giant joint. That Sounds like it. You chop up the cigar leaves and you sprinkle it inside, and then you let the glue hold it together and wad it all up. And so then it put then it says put them in a cigar body mold. Now here's my question: When did they they don't tell me I need a mold till step five? Right. If you look at material, and they never actually say roll it. If you look at materials you will need, leaves, spray bottles, scissors, rolling pin, cigar glue, there's no mention of a mold. So the first thing I'm hearing about this mold, I've got a bunch of wet, sticky leaves hanging around all over the place. <laughs> and, I, and I will say the average person who's not a mold expert, such as yourself, 
wouldn't wouldn't know what a cigar mold is. Right. Although if you go under a house and find cigar mold, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that may be what's under my hey, house. Can I have this? <laughs> yeah. Come out. Cigar mold. And then it says, roll the wrapper in around the body onto your body mold. So, I just, I can't help but feel like this is some... It also doesn't say how long to leave it in the mold. Doesn't say, it says to age it for a couple of months, but it doesn't say how you'll know when it's aged. Right. You know, there's not a word about the smell of ammonia. There's not a word about what kind, how dry the leaves should be when you get them. There's not... Or, or how, you know, how to know, because that's the other thing is if you get them too wet to begin with, they're not going to dry out. You are going to get mold growing in them. So how do you... Yeah, it's just... This seems somewhat And it doesn't make any... It doesn't make any sort of... It doesn't speak to tension at all. I mean, because that's the biggest thing. There was... When I was living in Georgia as as a Calibri rep, I was... There's a shop in Augusta, Georgia, called Marcella's. And her son works in the shop with her. And he had started, they did an event where there was a cigar roller. And he just kind of studied what the guy did and got a couple of tips and pointers and, and just started working on it. His first one was way too loose. His second one was way too tight. And they just keep, you know, there's, there's a lot of skill involved in, in not just rolling a cigar, but having it be smokable. Well, the bunching process is, a, is a, an art. Yeah. You know, first, first you got the blend. You got to decide what blends you're going to like to smoke, and then you've got to get it bunched up correctly to that blend. And um, you know, Pedro and them, instead of using molds, they actually roll their cigars up in newspaper, and then when they come to do a rolling event, they unroll it out of the newspaper and put the wrapper on. Right. And uh, and that's what a rolling event is. Is basically it should be called put the wrapper on it event, but right. that doesn't have the same romance exactly <laughs> as a rolling event. But also. While we're on the subject of, of cigars and maintenance and aging, how does the humidity affect your cigars? Because we're in Tennessee, it has went from 0% humidity to chew the air before you can breathe it humidity in two days. Yeah. How is the humidity affecting your cigar? Um, in general, I noticed that I'm having a much thicker draw. You know, even if you humidify your cigars properly, you know, between when you buy them and when you smoke them, just being that humid out in the air, it's going to go out faster. I'm going to, it's going to be thicker. It's going to be harder to draw through. You know, I've noticed as the humidity increases, you know, my humidor at home kicks on less. And I'll, and actually, probably at this time of year, I should have a, a process to remove humidity from yeah. my humidor more so than one to add it. Well, it's like the whole, you know, uh, a vending machine outdoors is there to keep the drinks cold until it's there to keep the drinks warm. Right. Until it's there to keep them from freezing. Right. And so you need kind of a, yeah, you probably need a, a, humida, a humidifier, dehumidifier, kind of like, like, like an automatic air conditioner kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, if you, but now also, I'm not noticing damage to my cigars or anything significant. Um, which is worse, an over-humidified cigar or under-humidified cigar? Which is worse for your storage? Hmm. So this is where it gets a little tricky, and I can't give you a simple answer. Because if we're talking uh, a few percentage points of relative humidity, I would say more humid is worse than dry. If we're talking 10%, 
I'd say dry is worse than too wet. At the moment of smoking, too dry is worse than too wet for me. Because the cigar tends to burn hot and burn fast. And you get some of that that fall burning leaves flavor. Like, you lose some of the flavor if it's too dry. But long-term storage-wise, too much humidity will burst wrappers and cause cracks and cause much more structural failure. And mold. Yeah. And now, by the way, do you measure the humidity when you go under houses to check for mold? I do. What's the average humidity of a house under of under a house in Tennessee? Uh, it depends on the time of year because of the way relative humidity. But on average, uh, sixty to sixty-five percent. Well, I'm just wondering if I'm going to go through the process of rolling my own cigars, can I cure the tobacco under my house? Because I've got a tall crawl space. It's true. You you really could, but you've got temperature to contend with. Oh yeah, well because relative it, humidity is relative to temperature, so that's why it's always seventy and seventy. You hear seventy percent relative humidity at seventy degrees. There's another measurement for the amount of moisture in the air that we can talk about off air because it's going to get really boring really fast for the listeners if we continue. Um, but there are other ways of measuring the amount of humidity in the air that are more accurate over a long term. Well, I need one of those in my humidor. I need to know I, what I the, can show you where to find one. Yeah, I, I need I need to know everything. I want to know the relative humidity. I want to know everything going on in my humidor. I have I have an investment there that you needs need to be a protected. psychometer, and that's not just used to measure ex girlfriends. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, coming back, you know, we're talking about the humidity, and um, I think a cigar that gets too dry can come back yeah but once a cigar gets to the humidity to the point of failure it's really a dead cigar yeah and that's that's one of those things that a lot of times there's there's a lot of differing opinions about whether or not a cigar can be brought back from the dead if it's too dry and i've done it but i also think it depends because you're also more prone to cracking and splintering and things when it gets too dry because it becomes really brittle and fragile well and when it becomes too dry You've really got to control the humidity as you bring it back. You can't just sling it into an eighty or seventy-two percent humidor. No, you've got to bring it back slowly. Yeah, they'll blow up like firecrackers. Mm-hmm. So you got to bring it back because the wrapper's more porous and there's more moisture conducting through. So you've really you've got to nurse them back to health like somebody dying of starvation. Yeah, it's it's not a steak; it's a pot roast. You yeah. got to bring it back slowly. Um, real quick, I want to hit the so the ICPCR show is coming up. And everybody here has asked me this week, when is the IPCPR? It is June 28th to July 2nd in Las Vegas. It's a little early this year. That is, I, thought so. I thought that seemed it's a little earlier than July. Well, and they're doing a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I feel like that's normal. Well, so for those of us that don't get to go to the show, let me tell you the important thing you need to know about the IPCPR show. Everybody's going to raise their cigar prices after the IPCPR because everybody goes to the show and gets a show deal, and then that's when they sneak the price increase in. Right. So, you know, Dunbar Tobacco's already announced their price increase is coming. Um, several different companies, seems like every time I turn on Half Wheel, somebody's talking about they're fixing Another to raise price their increase. price. Yeah. So, the way the market works is. You increase the price of your cigars right after the show. That way, people have got the show deal, and it seems like it lasts, and they got something, some room to play to bring their customers up. Right. 
much like humidifying a dry cigar, they can bring us up price-wise a little more slowly. Right. The other thing that's kind of interesting about IPCPR, something to look out for, uh, if you... if. If you find yourself, if, if you're one of these people that, that you're hanging out at a cigar shop so much that you meet a lot of the reps, be prepared that some of your reps may be changing companies here in the next couple of weeks or a month. It's In Formula One, there's a period of the race season where they call it the silly season, where all the drivers are vying for contracts for the next year. IPCPR is the silly season for cigar reps because you've got all the manufacturers, all the distributors, and all the reps under one roof. And so as people start to shuffle around, you're meeting people, you're getting to know people, you're seeing people again who you've seen for a few years, and the deck starts to shuffle a little bit. Well, and it's interesting because there's certain reps that when they walk in here, you say, oh, they belong with that company. Mm -hmm. And there's certain reps that you're like, yeah, he's not going to be at that company for long. And 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 it has to do with the, you have to understand the corporate culture of the company. Exactly. You know, um, when Jeff Tennell was promoted in Drew Estate and they hired his replacement, Kyle, the moment I met Kyle, I knew that's a Drew Estate man. Yeah. Everything about Kyle screams Drew Estate. He yeah. would not make it at Davidoff. Right. No, absolutely not. And, and, uh, and the guy from Davidoff would not make it at Drew Estate. Yeah, it's, it's, inter- it's funny because I was having a discussion with a builder the other day, and he said, um, you know, we was talking about a guy that had come to my office that I had asked to leave because I didn't want to do his plan. I said, he's in the construction industry, and he doesn't. He knows enough to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't need to be, I'm not going to be involved in his project because what he's doing is going to end up in a mess. And he said, well, what does he do in the construction industry? I said, well, he smells like a concrete man. And he said, he smells like a concrete man? I've spent my whole life around subs. I'll guarantee you, you could blindfold me and line 20 subcontractors outside and bring them in and let me sniff them, and I can tell you what trade they do just by, with at least an 80% accuracy, probably could get up to 90 because, you know, sweat and sawdust, that's a framer. Right. Um, fresh turned earth and grease, that's a landscaper. And I'll, so whiskey and sun drop, that's a drywaller. These, <laughs> these are the smells that these professions incur, and yeah. I wonder how much of that goes into... The cigar rep. I wonder if a cigar rep ever walks up and says, hey, you smell like an Avo guy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can definitely smell the Drew Estate guys if they like the acid line. (laughs) Yeah, you can definitely tell the Drew Estate guys (laughs) with your your blindfold on. Yeah. But it is interesting because it's funny how many times people are in here and you're like, okay, he's not found his place just yet. And and you have some guys that are kind of trying to wiggle into the rep business that probably ain't exactly cut out for it. Well, and you've got guys also that start with a smaller company trying to work their way up. You know, because there are a lot of companies whose corporate culture is very similar. So we mentioned Davidoff, and, you know, Camacho is under their umbrella now, but it used to be not. And the Camacho guys and the Drew Estate guys were always very similar. But, like, LFD, Perdomo, uh, J.C. Newman, General... Those guys all, they're kind of the same personality usually. There's not a whole, the the corporate culture there tends to be the same kind of rep that can be successful. And that's what you see kind of moving around. Your Drew Estate guys are always going to be Drew Estate guys. 
but and your Davidoff guys are, and your J.C. Newman to a certain extent are going to be their own kind of people. But the rest of them are, are similar enough you can usually get away with it. Well, it was funny because I was actually talking to Jeff out at Arrington. He was telling me about a job he had interviewed for. And I picked out the cigar company that he had been interviewing with just by his description of the interview. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, pretentious, pompous asses. I know exactly who you were getting ready to rent for. <laughs> But anyway, moving forward, um, not going to do a ton of this this year, making a resolution. I'm not going to do a ton of You're this. You're already thinking that far ahead? Well, of the, well, this IPCPR mm. season, you know, because inevitably this is what happens to me. Oh, this cigar is going to be introduced at IPCPR. And then and, you'll see it in January. Yeah. Yeah. Then by the time it gets here, it's, it's almost the time next year. And all, but there is a cigar that I have to mention that I am excited about seeing come out. The Jessum Crawl. No. Jacob's Ladder Brimstone okay. will be debuting at IPCPR. First, kudos on the name. Jacob's Ladder Brimstone. We're staying with a theme. We've got a motif going here, fellas. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, but it's going to be a di- little different blend from the Jacob's Ladder that I know and love. It has a Pennsylvania broadleaf wrapper, an American binder, and three different Lajeros from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. Interesting. That's a lot of ingredients. It is. I mean, but I, I feel like Southern Draw can pull it off because I, I, I just feel like Southern Draw's got their arms around it really well. Right. And uh, it's going to be eleven ninety nine a cigar, and the company says it's only going to produce seventy five thousands of the cigars this year. So, it, I'm going to get excited about it. And then you're not going to get it. But it's going to be a tough get. Yeah. You know this this is going to the Jacob's Ladder Brimstone is going to be my unicorn. Although we do have a couple of pretty good Jacob's Ladder retailers in the area or uh, um, Southern draw. Southern Draw. Thank you. Yeah, we got a couple, and we got a couple that listen to the show. Right. So I'm, I'm putting in a pre-existing order. Pull me out two of the brimstone when they come in, and just just shoot me an email info at cigarcast.com and let me know you have them. I don't mind taking a road trip to go right. get one of those, and also, and Southern Draw is such a good company, but they're such a boutique company. The people that carry them carry them, and there's always. It seems like Southern Draw always has back order issues because yeah. they can only produce so many cigars. Yeah, they're a small company, but they make such a great product that there's high demand. I mean, the only re- I'm firmly convinced the only reason that I'm able to get a Rose of Sharon is because the wrapper's pink. Mm-hmm. If it didn't have a, or the label, excuse me, is a pink label. But moving forward, okay, I look at you and you're about three quarters of the way through the 2019 Las Calaveras. Have I judged... Crown heads unfairly. No. Is it no, a three? Really, it's a three. I, it I, is not good. I mean, it's... You're right. It's nothing. It's... it's. I think it's a little young. I wonder if they rush production on it. I, 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 I'm not a fan. And, and I, I kind of expected that because it's so similar to the 2014 blend. But... Yeah, it's just, it's giving me nothing. Yeah, it's just, um, I just, I got nothing from it, and it never got better. And what's amazing is it's a it's a full-bodied cigar, or medium full. Yeah. It's got something behind it. It does have flavor, but it's not giving it to me, if that makes sense at all. Like, 
Yeah, you, you feel like you feel like you're getting blue lips. It just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. already. I'm sitting over here. You're talking about you know Jacob's ladder brimstone, and I'm already thinking about what I'm going to get out of the humidor to take home with me for tonight. Yeah, because that's just it's a nothing. I mean, I yeah. you know, and and I hate to be brutal to anybody. You know, people work hard to make that cigar. But I also feel an obligation to be perfectly honest with my listeners, and especially at that price point, you know, here yeah, it's about 15 four, yeah, 14, yeah. 15 bucks. It's kind of a, I guess if I'd been a real friend, I'd have, I'd have told you that before you went and bought one, but you would have bought one and smoked it anyway. I, I would have. You, you wouldn't have been able to talk me out of it, because I, I would have had, like I said, though, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed last year's. Luckily, there's a bunch of them still in there in pretty much every humidor that had them, so I can still get it. I, I, I didn't have high, high hopes for this one, and, and it, it kind of fulfilled that for me. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's just barely better than not smoking. Yeah, just barely. I mean, it's just, yeah, and, and I'm sure I'm going to be interested because we're going to run into that one guy that loves it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to I hope that it's someone articulate enough to tell me what he likes. Yeah. Like I said, I, to me, I'm just getting that. I, I'm hoping that everybody smokes one and doesn't like it. And they sit in the humidor for about a year like the 18s did so that I can try it again in a year. I don't want to spend $15 to sit on a cigar for a year, but I will be interested to see how this does with some age. It might get better. There, there is a possibility. Now, I'll tell you about the Henry Clay Warhawk. If you grew up around somebody that smoked the old King Edwards and the Dutch Masters... yeah. And now the old ones now, not the new ones. The new ones, they've kind of had all the and, life yeah. sucked out of them. But the old, it's, it is a true classic cigar taste. And I, and I do like that about it. I do like that classic cigar feel that it gives me. Um, it's not going to make my regular rotation, but I'm, I could see me smoking a couple of these a year. Yeah. I mean, if they had the size... I don't know how much of that's going to be deferred by the fact they don't have a size I like in it. You know, that's I, I, fair. If I don't have a six by sixty, it's hard for me to to get it into the main rotation. But I do like the feel of it. The wrapper is excellent. You know, you know, a very Claro wrapper, um, very mild. It's not going to bruise your palate. I mean, I could smoke anything I wanted after this cigar, and it and would be, be perfectly fine. fine. And all, but it is just a good even smoke. And all, I'm, I'm probably going to give it a mid to high four. Okay. Maybe a four or five or a four seven. And all, I can't quite give it a five. And all, but uh, I'll give it a mid four. Okay. Mid to high four. And all, it's not a bad cigar by any means. And all, I definitely wouldn't be offended if someone handed me one and said oh yeah try this yeah and i'll by the way if someone hands you a cigar and says oh you got to try this and you've already smoked it what's etiquette depends how well you know the person i think and depends on whether or not you like it let's say casual acquaintance at the cigar store um you say thank you and move on you just say thank you you don't you don't give them your history with that cigar right and all that's, it's an interesting etiquette question. Because, because you've got to think about it. if someone says, hey, have you tried this? And they've got one in, an extra one in their hand. They've got three in their hands. Hey, have you tried this? And they've already paid for them. They're not asking, you know, that. Then I think it's appropriate to say, 
yeah, I have, and I really liked it. Or, yeah, I have. If you don't like it, don't tell them. But if, if they're saying, here's a cigar, you need to try this, they're, they're giving you a cigar. That's, so the etiquette becomes about receiving the gift and not the follow-up question of, have you had one before? I can, I, can, I can get behind that. It depends. Now, you know, any cigar I hand you, you'll give me your absolute honest opinion of it. Mm-hmm. And all, and anyone you hand me, but we know each other very well. Right. And all, the casual the And casual we've also been smoking gift. cigars together for three years now. Yeah. And so I, I pretty much know what you have and haven't smoked. Well, and we've been smoking cigars in a very aware method by, by way of putting out a podcast every week about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For about two and a half. Yeah. So there's there's a lot to that. Yeah. And I'll, But I will say I like the Warhawk. I ain't got a, world, a thing in the world to complain. Larry's reputation is safe. But... Let's wrap it up for the night. Let's call it even. I know you said you got to run tonight. Yeah, today is National Running Day. So the triathlon club I'm a part of is doing a 5.86 mile run up at the park. So oh, I'm okay. headed over there to join them. And uh, no problems at all smoking a cigar and None then jumping whatsoever. right on the track. Nope. I've got uh, about a quart of water. I'll drink about a pint of it on the way and uh, just kind of clear it out, make sure I'm. I've been hydrating like crazy today. So. I should be good. Luckily, the the heat has died down. It's kind of windy. It should be, and it's all it's in a park, so it's all under heavy uh, uh, forest coverage. So the wind's not going to affect it too bad. Shouldn't be that big a deal. Well, that sounds good. Tell everybody how to get a hold of us, Trey. Well, as Shane mentioned earlier, our email address is info at thecigarcast.com. You can reach us on Facebook.com/slash/thecigarcast or Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast. Well, thanks everybody for listening this week, and until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us.